Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Under the Radar. I'm your host, Sammy Bovitz. Tonight, we bring you another installment of Tragic Histories this time focusing on the Oklahoma City Thunder. This franchise has only been around for 10 years or so, but it's already had its fair share of heartbreak. Let's start at the beginning, though. 2008-2009, the Thunder have arrived in Oklahoma City. Now, once the Thunder arrived in OKC in 2008, they did have a promising duel already in place. You probably, If you're a basketball fan, you probably have heard these two names. Kevin Durant, who was the number two pick from 2007, Pick right after the number one pick, Greg Oden. That's a whole different story, and one that I think has been told many times. He was joined by the number four pick from 2008, Russell Westbrook. Now Durant is still is still is still regarded as one of the best Thunder players of all time, partly by default, partly by the fact that he was just fantastic. But Westbrook was truly there for only the OKC days, and Durant was a supersonic for one year. A lot of people forget about that. People think Durant and Westbrook are, are, came from the same year. They didn't. Durant was a year earlier. And those that think that, why do you think the, the Thunder would get that lucky to get Durant and Westbrook, or the two and four, number two and number four picks? Anyways, not a lot of people think that, that, understand, that, uh, that have studied this Thunder team, and a lot of people have. But this is, again, just my own take on it. Um, besides Durant and Westbrook, the notable veterans of it on the team are Nick Collison, Jeff Green, Sean Livingston, and... and Tyler Sevalosha, now Sevalosha is still pretty young, but still I believe he's a year or two into his career by then. But besides those guys, I mean, besides the six I mentioned, I didn't recognize a single guy on the Thunder. Uh, they finished 23-59. and 59. One notable thing, the coach going into OKC was PJ Car- Carliz- Carlismo. I don't really know how to pronounce it, but anyways... He's not very relevant after a 1-12 start. He's fired and replaced by Scott Brooks. Westbrook and KD show, show potentials, potential to be an amazing duo in the future, but they do need some help. And that's it for 2008-2009. In 2009-2010, the Thunder get another lottery pick, of course, because they are, because, uh, they are 23-59, so one of the worst records in the league. The lottery machine picks up, spits out pick three, and they select James Harden, the third overall pick, in the draft. And they also get uh, their number 24 pick from 2008, um, that's an extra year in, uh, in Europe, a power forward by the name of Serge Ibaka. So they already have two big pieces of the team that, that had lots of potential. So they joined pretty much the same core, Green, Livingston, etc. Collison, of course, who spent his entire career in OKC. And they completely flip, flip the script. Westbrook, KD, Harden, and Ibaka are fantastic, and they win 50 games on route to the playoffs. They would lose. They would lose to the eventual champion Lakers in the first round. Remember, these are the Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol Lakers we're talking about. This is a good team, but this is the beginning of the era of Westbrook, Harden, Durant, and Ibaka. Talks of a potential dynasty, as they have four solid young players at point guard, shooting guard, small forward, and power forward bring talks of a dynasty. Anywhere, any team. 
I saw a good four young good players in the starting lineup. That's big. That's really big. And Seattle fans are not happy, of course. Uh, there's a whole different there's a whole different story as far as how the Sonics how the Seattle lost the Sonics, and that's a whole different intriguing storyline all on its own. And it's something I may research in the future, but I want to get I want to stay in Oklahoma City for now because you know again this is what the episode is about. So Westbrook, Harden, Durant, and Ibaka are a big big reason why the Thunder are seen as the next best young team. Um, but going into the 2010 free agency, LeBron James is a free agent. And now, this is going to come up later, but OKC is not exactly known for signing free agents. They were never going to sign LeBron, but I just have to bring it up. Every time LeBron, the three LeBron decisions have, maybe not the most recent one as much, but the three LeBron decisions have had big ripple effects across the entire NBA. Um, and that was the, and the 2010 was the first one LeBron James goes to the Miami Heat and teams up with Wayne Wade and Chris Bosh. More on them later. Going into the 2010-11 season, they have the same core of Westbrook, Hard, Durant, Ibaka, Collison, etc. But they add center Kendrick Perkins at the deadline to solidify inside presence and also adds rookie Cole Aldridge with their, I believe, their first round pick. Kendrick Perkins is the center they need, pretty much, to have, like, the lineup of Westbrook, Hard, Durant, and Ibaka were only missing a solid center, and Perkins was that. So now they come up with the best of the NBA, and it shows. They have a 55-27 and 27 season, are fantastic. And they go all the way to the Western Conference Finals, but once again, they, just, they find themselves losing to the eventual champion in the Mavericks. That's two straight years, losing to the eventual champion. Um, and obviously, that's not anything to be ashamed of. Losing to the eventual champion is never something to be ashamed of. Obviously, you want to be there, but the fact that you lost to the, to the best is always something, it's always a bit of a constellation, always, but never really the best one. My Dodgers for three straight years lost to the, uh, have lost to the eventual champion. Um, a few weeks back I did the Dodgers Tragic History, the first installment of the series, and I almost, honestly it would have made it even, even sadder if I had explained that the Nationals went on to the Little Series. So already, one of my episodes is outdated, although I don't, I don't even want to know what I predicted in the in the NFL season preview. I probably have something nice about the Jets. Anyways, going into 2011-2012, there is huge hope for the year to come. But they would have to wait. The 2011-2012 NBA lockout pushes the season start all the way back to Christmas Day. Now, if you're not familiar with that, how the NBA usually works, at the time, they usually start the beginning of November, you know, have a few games before Halloween. The start of the date of the NBA is getting pushed earlier and earlier, so now it's around October 20th. But again, the point is, Somewhere towards the end of October, the season starts. So they lose a lot of games. Um, they actually, I mean, they don't lose a lot. They only lose 16 games, which is kind of surprising. 16 games over the course of two months. Not exactly what I expected, but they managed to squeeze 66 games in for each team. And the Thunder win 47 of these games, including two guard additions and 15-year veteran. And they, uh, and they add two guards in Derek Fisher and a rookie Reggie Jackson. Derek Fisher is a 15-year veteran, most famous for playing at Lakers. But the point is, they had two solid guards to solidify the second unit backcourt, and the Thunder went to 47 other 66 games, went 47 and 19. However, it is the, it will be the third year in a row that the Thunder will lose to the eventual champion. But, this time it's in the NBA Finals to the incredible LeBron Wade Bosch Heat that I mentioned earlier. Three straight years losing to the eventual champion hurts, I should know, but getting better and better progressively each year as far as who, when you lose to these eventual champions, whether it be in the first round, 
to the conference finals, to the NBA finals, that it was a sign to Thunder fans and really the basketball community that the Thunder were on the rise. This was a team that this was a team that was going to do big things, and talks of dynasty began. People were thinking this Thunder team is so good now. Look at their core. You got Westbrook, Durant, you know Harden, Ibaka, Perkins, a below average bench, but still pretty solid. And there was potential. There were talks of a dynasty. Um, and again, this is a small market team, but so they're not going to sign free agents. But the young core they have is so good that it offsets any of that. However. Going, being, a team being a small market team really worked against them. In the 2012 offseason, James Harden was due for an extension. He wanted a maximum contract extension allowable for a rookie, or a player on his rookie contract, of course. Which made sense. Harden was the best six man, or I guess he was the six man at the time, but he, he, was one of the best, he was one of the better shooting guards in the NBA and really showed potential to be a star someday, a legitimate start, third star next to Westbrook and Durant. However, the GM, Sam Presti, who I don't know why I haven't mentioned him until now, he drafted Durant, Westbrook, and Harden in three straight drafts. We'll get back to all of that. But Sam Presti is a GM, and he's made great decisions, and he's made horrible decisions. This is one of them. Sam Presti did not want to go over the salary caps and pay, cap and play the luxury tax, which made which makes sense until you realize that the CBA a couple years later raised the uh, raised salary cap way higher. Um, that was the new CBA, I believe. And so Harden's luxury tax, or Harden's contract would have meant next to nothing at that time, at then. But obviously, he didn't know that that was going to happen. He didn't have, you know, that kind of. He didn't. He couldn't see into the future. But I'm not. You know, what they could have done is they could have traded a player like Kendrick Perkins, who had a pretty sizable contract, not a, like a big contract, but. You know, pretty sizable, and he wasn't, you know, expendable per se. He was the center that made the team work, but losing Harden would have been big. But Pricey didn't want to do any of that. He wanted to keep Perkins, he wanted to keep the core he had, he wanted to keep Westbrook and Durant and Baca, of course. But, you know, it was justifiable to do to trade to Harden, but there were, there were you know, because Harden said no. Because, uh, sorry, let me get back to this. So he didn't. So he offered Harden five million short of the max. He didn't just straight up trade him. Apologies. He offered Harden five million short of the max, the maximum he could offer without going over the salary cap. But Harden justifiably said no because he believed he was worth more, and he proved him right. But again, we'll, get, we'll, we'll uh, explain more on that later. Harden gets traded to the Houston Rockets for Kevin Martin, Jeremy Lamb, and three picks. They also traded Cole Aldrich, Daquan Cook, and Lazar Hayward in the move. The only notable name there is Aldrich, I would say. This is a shocking move. The NBA is almost, I mean, people saw it coming, but it's still shocking. I mean, even looking back, like that trade, it didn't even, it didn't look too great then, you know, other than the three picks. But it looks horrible now. Like, this is considered one of the biggest mistakes ever. Although we don't know what we know now. But we didn't know then, we, knew, we, we know now that Harden's a great player. But again, we'll get back to that. We'll get back to the Rockets. But the team also adds, uh, to add insult to injury, James Harden. Uh, they add Hashim Thabit. If you don't know who that is, he was the guy that was picked between Harden and Blake Griffin at the number two overall pick. Griffin was first, uh, Thabit was second, Harden was third. But uh, Griffin and Harden weren't the only two good players in that draft. Pick number seven was a guard out of, uh, out of, 
Davidson by the name of Stephen Curry. So, that's a whole different story. 2009 draft was a weird, weird draft. But anyways, the team adds Hashim Thavit to add insult to injury. Uh, today he's considered a draft bust. He didn't really do much with the Thunder, the Thunder that year. But, somehow, this trade of uh, James Harden for Kevin Martin and Jeremy Lamb and, added, and the addition of Hashim Thabit leads to the Thunder again at going 16-22 and having a great season because, you know, the NBA hates logic. Uh, and they're the first seed, but they're playing the eight-seeded Rockets in the first round. This is a huge opportunity for Harden to, to get his revenge because Harden pretty much carries the Rockets team and shows that he could be a star. He is, you know, still in the Rockets today. But again, we'll get back, we'll get more, we'll talk about Harden more later on when uh, the Thunder really get interesting. Uh, but they're still pretty interesting right now. One of the most infamous thun- moments in Thunder history happens in the first round when uh, Rockets point guard Patrick Beverly runs into Westbrook. Some people are te- uh, pe- people have tried to tell the basketball world that it's that it was intentional. It was not intentional. Beverly ran into Westbrook. Westbrook tore his meniscus and was and is, and was sidelined for the rest of the playoffs. But the team pushes through, beats the Rockets. Harden's not happy, of course. But they do fall to the Mike Conley, Marcus Gasol, Grit and Grind Grizzlies in the conference semifinals without their leader, without their point guard. Um. On to 2013-14, um, the team drafts uh, Stephen Adams in the uh, in the first in the first round, I believe, uh, and they also draft Andre Roberson to help out NBA Finals attempt number four. They also add Karan Butler because why not? Um, so the team goes 59-23. Almost as good as 2012-13, but this is NBA Finals attempt number four. Remember, 2012-13, I guess it was technically number five. But once Westbrook was out, there was never really a conceivable chance for the, for the Thunder to win. But Kevin Durant has an incredible season. 32 points per game and wins MVP. Great player. You know, people are now putting him up there with some of the greatest scores ever. But again, we'll get back, we'll get back to him later. However, it is not enough. The team falls to the San Antonio Spurs in the Western Conference Finals, who are the eventual champions beating the Miami Heat, who had won in 2012-13. I don't know why I didn't mention that, but I did. Now, this is the fourth time in five years that the Thunder have lost to eventual champions. 2010-2011, or sorry. I'm sorry, uh, 2009-2010, uh, 2010, 2011, 2011, 2012, and 2013-2014. I'm sorry. Anyways, going on 2014-15, this is almost one of their last chances, but, you know, the clock is ticking on this team. They need to win the championship now because Durant, Westbrook, Baca aren't going to be on the team forever, especially because it is a small market franchise, and they will eventually all be free agents. But, on that happy thought... 2014 offseason, the team signs Anthony Marantrade for T.J. Augustine, Dion Waiters, and Anis Cantor at the deadline for a legitimate center. Good on them. And they otherwise retain the same core. It is not enough, however. The team wins just 45 games. Who, uh, j- good enough for, uh, I believe, the 
I'm sorry. They missed the playoffs because the Western Conference is completely loaded. Um, this is a big step back uh, for the Thunder. Because, remember, this is... I was just talking a little while ago about the Thunder being a potential dynasty. Um, you know, Perkins leaves in the offseason, but... You know, it's, it's, it's not a good sign that the team wins only 45 games... And they, mix, and they miss the playoffs. Like, it's not what you want after a 16-22 season, a 16-22 season, a 59-23 season, and then, and then you know, three years ago, 55-27. and 27. You know, even though you lost Harden and you're losing Perkins, like, you can't, you can't miss that opportunity. But 25-2016 is another chance to finally break through and win a championship. Durant, Westbrook, Ibaka, and company, same core, same bench core. They lose Perkins, but they have Canner. Great. However, KD is a free agent at the end of the offseason. This is a big thing. And for, the, and for those of you that follow the NBA, you know exactly where I'm going with this. This might be their last chance. The team finally fires Scott Brooks because they believe he is one of the problems. Don't know if that's necessarily true, but he, true. Again, that's a whole different debate. But the team thinks Scott Brooks isn't working. They fire him after quite a while, quite a while as a Thunder coach, and they hired Billy Donovan to coach the team instead because they believe Brooks isn't quite the right coach to finally bring OKC a championship. And, the, and OKC has a great year. They go 55-27. and 27, But the Golden State Warriors, led by Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, go at absolutely ridiculous 73-9. and nine. This is still... I still can't really wrap my head around this, and it was only a few years ago. But 73-9. and nine, Could you imagine that? Anyways. The Thunder are still seen, despite having almost 20 less wins, they're still seen as a threat to the Warriors. And with that, LeBron's new Big 3 project in Cleveland. He signs it with, uh, back with the Cleveland Cavaliers in the offseason uh, to form a Big 3 with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. The team does make it to the Western Conference, though, like I said, and goes up 3-1 to one in the best-of-seven Western Conference Finals. This is where everything falls apart for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Again, all those people out there know exactly where I'm going with this, or a lot of people out there know where I'm going with this, if you have been following the NBA for the last few years. Everything falls apart. The Warriors, the, thun- the Thunder, blow a 3-1 lead. And the Warriors go on to the NBA Finals, where they blow a 3-1 lead of their own to Cleveland. Warriors, by the way, are the defending champions. I should have noted that. But they uh, blow on, they, they, they go on and blow a 3-1 deficit of their own to Cleveland after winning in 2014-2015. So, the, uh, the Thunder lost, but at least they didn't lose to the eventual champion. I mean, great. The question is, though, where is KD going to go? Everyone has that question on their mind. Where will KD go? Can he stay? Does he want to? I mean, as long as he doesn't go to... Kevin Durant signs with the Golden State Warriors, choosing them over the Clippers, Spurs, Heat, Celtics, and, of course, Thunder. People knew exactly where I was going with this. I... I'm sorry that I'm so predictable, but you lose Kevin Durant, you lose James Harden, and that is when everything 
starts to go downhill. Westbrook is not happy with this. He does show loyalty to OKC by signing a three-year contract extension worth a lot of money, but also proudly despite his ex in Golden State. The team also trades Serge Ibaka for shooting guard Victor Oladipo and big man DeMontis Sabonis, who is the number 11 pick in 2017, and solid big man Ersan Ilyasova. So, just like that, three quarters of the Thunder's young core are young core that was destined to win together are gone. Harden, Durant, and Ibaka. Two and one offseason. But forget about Oladipo and Sabonis. This is Westbrook's revenge tour. And he annihilates the NBA, scoring 31.5 points per game, 10.4 assists per game, and 10.7 rebounds a game. That's right, he averaged a triple-double and had 42 of them that season. An NBA record that used to be held by, point by NBA legend Oscar Robertson. And, of course, he wins the MVP. The third member of that Thunder's young court, the Thunder young court do so. The only Thunder member that hasn't won an MVP is Serge Ibaka. He's not going to win one anytime soon. But the team goes 47-35 and loses in the first round. As good as Westbrook is, as fantastic as he is, he needs help. And Oladipo seems to not be it. He gets it. The team trades Oladipo and Sabonis right away for Paul George. This is big news in the NBA. Even though, but the knee-jerk reaction for most analysts is George is going to leave, or, you know, analysts, quote-unquote, is that George is going to leave um, for... George is going to leave for L.A. in the offseason because he has an expiring contract. But, but those that aren't thinking about Los Angeles all the time think that George will fit perfectly next to Westbrook, and I agreed at the time. But the team felt that they needed another, need another piece to make this team a true contender, so they trade Cantor and Doug McDermott for Carmelo Anthony, making Steven Adams the big man in town. I mean that both literally and figuratively. He is tall, and he is the big man that the Thunder are relying on. There are a wide range of opinions on this big three of George, Westbrook, and uh, Anthony, but a lot of people at the, at the time thought this trio could and would work. Um, it's not quite as good as expected. People were saying 50 wins, people were saying 40 wins, people were saying a wide range of things. Closer to 50 wins, but not quite. Going 48 and 34, placing fourth in the Western Conference. The Warriors are still incredible. Um, and yeah, Durant did win the finals of the previous year. Um, I forgot to mention that, but honestly, the Thunder, our Thunder fans are suffering enough. I feel like I didn't need to mention it, but I didn't want to mention that real quickly. The team faces the Jazz in the first round, led by breakout star Donovan Mitchell, and they lose in six games. KD wins ring number two in Golden State. It's really a disappointing season all around. Clearly, the weak link in the trio is Carmelo Anthony. Everyone recognizes that he's a ball hog, and he's not very good on defense. I know this is the two most common tropes, but honestly, they're fairly accurate. So, the team trades Carmelo Anthony at the end of the season to the Hawks, uh, who wave him, and Melo gets eventually picked up by the Rockets with James Harden, and he's seen as the yeah he's seen as the weak link, weak link in that trio. Harden is named MVP for the Rockets, and he's the third member of that Thunder core to do so. 
Like I said, the only one that's one that hasn't won one is of that young core is Abaka, but he's a power forward and he's more of a complimentary player. I don't think he's ever gonna win one, but you know, you never know. Thunder are cursed enough as it is. The team uh, has a big decision in the offseason, or they don't have a big decision in the offseason. They have a big dilemma in the offseason because Paul George might leave as a free agent, but to almost everyone's surprise, including Westbrook, Paul George stays in OKC and re-signs with the Thunder to a four-year contract, which is big. The team also picks up Nerland Noel to uh, strengthen the second unit backcourt and gets backup point guard Dennis Schroeder in that mellow trade. By the way, in 2017-2018, Victor Oladipo breaks out on Indiana Pacers. Uh, yeah, breaks out on the Indiana Pacers alongside his uh, sidekick, or two of his sidekicks, one being Miles Turner and the other being DeMontis Bonus. So, as good as the George trade is, the two players they traded were a very, very good package for the Pacers to receive. Honestly, the perfect one for them. Anyways... The team is now seen as true contenders that fixed their problem, which was Carmelo Anthony. They should now focus on the big three of Westbrook, George, and Steven Adams, who's been fantastic since the Cantor trade and has taken over as the inside presence to be reckoned with in OKC. The team goes 49-33, only a one-win improvement in last year. They finished sixth in the West, but remember, this is, the, this is another year of the West completely dominating. I feel like I don't really mention it enough. The Western Conference is incredible. You think about the teams like the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Rockets that in 2018-2019. They were all dominating in that season. So, the, the uh, team goes on to the first-round matchup with Danny Lillard, C.J. McCollum, mid-season pickup, Ennis Cantor, and the Trailblazers. The team is down 3-1 to one going into Game 5 in, the Portland, in, the Portland, in Portland. The game is tied at 1-15 when... Damian Lillard hits a bananas buzzer beater and sends the Thunder home. He waves goodbye to the team. And honestly, that was the most act he could have done because just a couple months later, they blow it up. The Blazers would go on to lose to the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, who would go on to lose to Kawhi Leonard, Serge Ibaka, and the Toronto Raptors in the NBA Finals. That's right. Durant and Ibaka both won rings elsewhere, and uh, Durant and Harden both won MVPs. Kawhi Leonard is the big, is one of the biggest free agents in town, alongside Durant, who signed who team ups with Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. Yeah, sorry, Brooklyn fan up front. One second, apologies. But Kawhi Leonard is a free agent and has the entire league at his feet after the KD signing because he is the best one left. And he is pretty much the last big free agent left in a loaded 2019 free agency class. Kawhi Leonard can pretty much get whatever he wants. He wants Paul George. So the LA Clippers make it happen. No one in the NBA or outside of it has pretty much any clue about this trade. But it happens. On July 6th, Paul George is traded to the LA Clippers for Shea Gilders Alexander, a young point guard. Neil Gallinari, an expensive small uh, small forward, five first-round picks, and two pick swaps. This is a massive haul for Paul George as far as picks go, but because they're first-round picks, the haul is clearly angling towards a rebuild. So, Westbrook, that's the guy, Westbrook, the good guy, the guy that's been OKC this whole time, finally realizes he's never going to get it done. Which is, it's sad, honestly. 
I feel very bad for Westbrook in all this. He was so, so dedicated to the team this whole time. But he, he's never going to win. He, he was never going to win there, unfortunately. I mean, he was he, he should have won there, but he was... It wasn't meant to be, and Westbrook realizes that it's finally time to move on from the one team that he knows. So he finally gets traded, and he goes to Houston to reunite with Harden. OKC receives the massive contract of Chris Paul, as well as two first-round picks and two pick swaps. The Thunder gets seven first-round picks, as well as their own, two four-pick swaps, two bad contracts, and a young point guard in Shea Alexander to kickstart their rebuild. Team also, the team also has, by the way, a top-ten projected pick this year because they traded Jeremy Grant, who I did not mention earlier, but again, better late than never. For the first time since 2008-2009, the Thunder are in a clear state of rebuilding. Look, I mean, to close, like, look at how much talent the Thunder have had. You think about Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, Victor Oladipo, DeMontis Sabonis, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Ennis Cantor, and Steven Adams. By the way, Steven Adams is still there. Adams and CB3 are still there. They're still two very tradable assets. By the way, Seattle fans... Seattle fans are happy. They're, they're laughing through their tears right now. I mean, they're, they're, their city got screwed over. But, you know, the Thunder just got cursed, pretty much. It's going to be a while until we see a, a competent Oklahoma City Thunder again. Um, I feel like the Thunder almost might become the new Washington Nationals. Now, I know the Nationals just won a World Series, but before then, they were the team that have almost won so many times, but they just couldn't quite get there. But the Thunder are, I mean, a little bit different because they have gotten past the first round. The Thunder have made it to the finals. The Thunder have made it to the Western Conference finals. The Thunder have made the playoffs many times, I believe in more than half of their seasons. As far as being the Oklahoma City Thunder, not being in Seattle, of course. But it's going to be a while until we see a competent version of the Thunder again. But, I mean, how do we know they're not going to screw it up this time? Donovan's still there. He's only been there for a while, but he's still there. He'll, He'll probably leave soon or get fired soon or whatever. But Sam Presti's been in Oklahoma City this whole time. He's the guy that drafted Durant. He's the guy that drafted Harden. He's the guy that drafted Ibaka. He's the guy that drafted Westbrook. He got three straight MVPs. Remember that. Harden was the MVP in 2017-18. Westbrook was the MVP in 2016-17. And, you know, Durant wins in 2013-14. Right? So he drafted three MVPs in three short drafts, as well as a buck. In three years, he drafts an entire young core. He trades for Paul George. He, you know, he does all. He has all these blockbuster trades, and does so well with a team that's just in a small market and really has everything stacked against them. They're a new franchise. They're in a small market. They're they're still figuring it out, but they never quite got there. So my question is, where do the Thunder go from here? This is the same question I had about the Dodgers, but in a completely different context. The Thunder are now rebuilding. They're in a new direction. But how do we know they won't screw it up this time? And who will be the faces of this new reboot? Will it be Gilgis Alexander, or will he just be a guy that will he just be another asset? Will he get traded? Is Adams going to stay on this team? Is CP3 going to stay on this team until his contract runs out? How is this team going to work going forward? I'm fascinated to see uh, what they do with all the, with the seven first-round picks, four pick swaps, like... This Thunder team is going to be fast. I mean, not. I mean, they're going to be boring to watch. It's not that I'm going to watch it, but I'm going to be really tracking 
their moves, what they do in the future, because they are rebuilding now, but they're work, They're trying to work towards something greater, so their legacy in the 21st century will not be known as tragic. Before we close, thank you all so much for listening to another installment of Under the Radar and Tragic Histories. We will be having more of these episodes intermittently throughout the year, and I'm really having a lot of fun with these. I mean, they're not, you know, not fun because they're tragic, but... I'm really, really enjoying producing each installment of this series within a series of Tragic Histories, so expect intermittent episodes of Tragic Histories throughout the year. Normally every month I'm going to try and do a little preview of the month's shows, but I'm not sure if I can really do that because I'm still working out a few episodes for this month, or just one episode in particular, and that will be the next one in two weeks. Not quite sure what I'm doing with that yet, but I am going to be off for Veterans Day weekend, visiting some family. Um... Thank you guys all so much for tuning in. You can follow the entire NSR crew on Instagram at National Sports Radio Official, on Facebook at National Sports Radio, and on Twitter at National Sports. Uh, we'll be more active on those uh, social medias, I promise, very, very soon. Listen to everyone else on NSR shows. They're all fantastic. I love them all. They're great. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in to Under the Radar. I'm Sammy Bovitz. We'll see you in two weeks. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.